Hey dads, before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know about a great resource we have for you called the Dad-Son Challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. These are fun activities that you and your son can do to help both of you get better at being men that are based around the five marks of manhood that we talk about in each episode of Manly Tales. So go to manhoodtribes.com challenge where you can download your free dad-son challenge today. That's manhoodtribes.com slash challenge. Welcome to Manly Tales, stories for making men out of boys, a podcast for dads and sons to listen to together. I'm Don Ross, the host of Manly Tales, and each episode you'll hear my sons and me talk about the stories that are inspiring and teaching us about what it means to be a man. We're excited to have you listen in with us. This episode is part of season two of Manly Tales, where we're talking about the Knights of the Round Table. Today's episode is about Sir Lancelot. Let's listen together. Deep within an expansive forest amidst many ancient trees reaching up towards the heavens, the canopy so thick only a few sunbeams made their way to the ground, there lay a hidden lake, guarded by a fearsome enchantress by the name of Vivian. Few mortals made their way to the lost lake. Once, a decade ago, there was a young man named Arthur, who stood up to Vivian and claimed his destiny as ruler over the British Isles, and was bestowed the mythical sword Excalibur. But there was one other mortal deep within these woods, one who was raised by Vivian herself, a boy, now a young man, by the name of Lancelot. Vivian trained Lancelot in the ways of chivalry, swordsmanship, and courage. From his adoptive mother, Lancelot learned how to track a quarry under the harshest of circumstances, to trust the sharpness of his wit even more than the sharpness of his blade, and learned of many foes that stalked these lands, and how to protect himself and others from their evil machinations. When Lancelot came of age, Vivian entrusted Lancelot with a task he had never before engaged, to leave his home in the forest. You have learned much by my tutelage, young one. You have grown in knowledge, wisdom, character, and strength. Now you must leave the safety of my enchanted forest and put these skills to use for the good of others. Leaving the safety of the forest gave Lancelot pause. But, Mother, I have so much I have yet to learn. Surely with your centuries of knowledge you have more to teach me. I do, Vivian responded. Consider this task to be the next chapter in your lessons. There is a terrifying beast that has been oppressing the people of this land. It is said to have armored hide and belch fire. It has scorched their crops, made off with their livestock, and on occasion absconded with their loved ones. To protect the people of this land, it must be stopped. I am calling on you to take care of this task. If you come out victorious, I foresee you joining forces with other valiant souls to vanquish even greater threats to this land. But who will protect this enchanted place if I depart? Vivian smiled sweetly, looking down at Lancelot from her towering, radiant form. My dear boy, I protected this space long before you walked these woods and will long after. Do you not trust the woman who taught you everything you know of protection to protect yourself? Lancelot chuckled in acknowledgement. Besides... What better way to protect this land than by protecting the lands around it? I trust you have learned what you need to in order to come out victorious, young Lancelot. With these words, a fire was lit within Lancelot's bosom that spurred him toward the task his mother had laid before him. With her words of encouragement echoing in his heart, and nothing more than a basic set of armor and a sword, Lancelot set off to leave these woods for the first time in his life. Lancelot, being the sharp-witted tracker that he was, began questioning local farmers, lords, and shepherds in the land to learn any information about this horrifying beast that was terrorizing the land. It has smoke billowing out of its nostrils, one said. It slinks through the land with a serpentine quality and lightning speed, shed another. I saw it bite through the trunk of a tree. It has jaws of a lion, it does. I'm not telling you anything. 
This brusque response came from a burly town blacksmith who fancied himself something of a monster hunter. I've seen this beast and I can defeat it, he continued arrogantly. I don't doubt that, good sir. You look to have a bull's strength, and I imagine a fair hand with the weapons you've crafted. But would it not behoove us, and the people of this land, for us to join forces and vanquish this foe together? I wouldn't share the glory with any, especially the likes of you, you spinny little reed. Lancelot, seeing his words were falling on deaf ears, bid the blacksmith farewell, luck in his quest, and turned to leave. The blacksmith, not wanting to let his competition go, shouted, Oi, I'm not finished with you, and shucked a hammer at Lancelot's back. It bounced off Lancelot's plate mail, but knocked him forward in the process. He turned, his arms stretched wide. I'll have no quarrel with you, blacksmith. Let me be on my way. The blacksmith had already drawn a fine broadsword, which he wielded with one hand and held a throwing axe in the other. With rage-filled eyes, he charged Lancelot. Lancelot spun out of the way, using the smith's weight and momentum to send him hurtling on his trajectory. The blacksmith lost his balance, but righted himself and turned to face Lancelot, who had still not drawn his blade, but rather stood with arms outstretched. We can discuss this as fair-minded men. We have no need for bloodshed. The blacksmith thrust his sword at Lancelot, which Lancelot, using his speed to his advantage and the assailant's rage against him, swatted the sword to one side. The blacksmith then made a reckless attack with his hatchet, swinging it at Lancelot's chest. Lancelot caught the back of the hatchet in midair and pushed it on its trajectory downward. The blacksmith's anger had betrayed him, and the axe head sank deep in his own thigh. The blacksmith let out a scream as he fell to the ground, clutching his bleeding leg, axe still embedded. Lancelot quickly rushed to the side of the blacksmith, and amidst the screams, quickly applied aid to the man's wound using strips of cloth from his own tunic. Although the smithy's legs still throbbed, his temper began to calm. He looked up at Lancelot, who had lifted no blade against him and had treated his self-inflicted wounds. "'You've bested me. Bested me by allowing me to best myself. You are a wise and noble one, you are. My own pride has done this to me.' The smithy winced in pain. "'Please, go into my shop and bring out that brown pot you find on the shelf.' Lancelot did so. The smith took out some kind of dried plants from the pot, began to chew them into a paste, and then placed it around the wound on his leg. His labored breathing began to slow, and his demeanor seemed to calm. In my own quest to try and defeat this beast, I've learned a thing or two about ways to heal. With how you outmaneuvered me, I'd say you have the best chance of any is defeating that foe. I found its lair. I've never been able to get close enough to the beast itself to do any damage to it. Its keen senses and flaming breath keep me from ever getting near. But maybe you can. The blacksmith went on to share with Lancelot the location of the creature's lair's entrance. Good luck to you, cunning warrior. Thanks to you, Smithy. The work you have done up to this point will prove invaluable if we are to rid the land of this beast. And with that, Lancelot set off to the beast's lair. As Lancelot approached the cave entrance, located at the base of a sheer cliff, nestled between several large boulders, his ears began to pound with the anxious anticipation of what he would find within. As his ears pounded, he heard the sound of his armor clinking against itself. He recalled what the blacksmith had said about the monster's keen sense, preventing him from ever getting close to it. This armor has protected me up to this point, but I fear I must leave it here and go invulnerable if I am to stand a chance of getting close. So, Lancelot began to doff the very tools that had staved off many attacks before. With only his tunic, his sword, and his wit, he entered the cavern. As he entered, he felt the temperature of the air around him rise to a sweltering degree. The smell of brimstone and death filled his nostrils. He heard a rhythmic growling rumble come from deeper within. Allowing for his eyes to adjust to the dark, he continued deeper. Following the sounds of the beast's noise, he weaved his way through various tunnels and caverns. He quietly came out the end of one tunnel when he saw it. A monstrous, scaly, serpent-like creature. Leathery frills jutted around its face. Two long, curved horns protruded from its skull. 
claws the size of daggers jutted out from its hands and feet, and a giant toothy maw rhythmically opened and closed as the wyvern slept, heat and smoke billowing from its mouth and nostrils. This is my chance, Lancelot thought. He surveyed the terrain around him and strategically stealthed forward, finding cover behind ancient stalagmites jutting from the ground, avoiding the loose rocks as he traversed forward. His heart beat faster and faster as he felt as if it was going to leap from his chest. He feared the behemoth would wake from its sound. Sweat dripping from his nose, Lancelot lifted his blade above its long neck and swung down with all his might. His blade found purchase in the dragon's hide. It leapt up with a mighty wail, belching fire all around the cavern, roaring in pain, bleeding from its neck. The blow was not enough to kill the beast, as its hide was so thick. In its shock and pain, the beast did not seem to notice Lancelot. Lancelot, seizing this opportunity, hid behind one of the natural stone pillars in the cavern. In the dragon's rage, it continued to spray its molten breath around the cavern. Its fire curled around the pillar Lancelot was hiding behind and began to consume his arm. Lancelot let out a scream and heard the dragon pause. Thinking quickly, Lancelot picked up a loose stone and threw it across the cavern, making a tremendous clattering sound as it bounced down the rock wall. In this instant, Lancelot picked up his sword, and as the beast turned towards where the sound came from, Lancelot leapt up from behind the stalagmites and plunged the sword deep within the initial gash on the dragon's neck. He and the dragon fell to the floor as the fiery beast breathed its last. Lancelot, severely wounded, stumbled his way back out of the lair and towards the village he had just come from. Upon entering the village, the town healer began to look at his scorched arm. I do not believe we will be able to save your arm, lad. I'm so sorry. Hearing that Lancelot had re-entered the village, the local blacksmith from before limped his way to the healer's cottage, carrying a large jug with him. Upon seeing Lancelot and his wound, stopped the healer from carrying out the task he was about to do. Here, the blacksmith said, handing the healer the jug. In my own quest to find and slay this beast... I learned of and developed a special balm to heal such burns. You have saved us all. Thank you. For your courageous effort, I will go into that beast slayer to harvest its hide, and out of it I am going to construct for you the finest armor that continues to protect you, but with added stealth and speed. A rare and fine upgrade from that clattering plate mail. Thank you, good sir. You too have helped rid the realm of this scourge. What is your name? It is Bedivere. I have been seeking to rid the land of this beast to prove to our noble King Arthur I would be worthy to defend the lands alongside him. You see, I have seen him myself. I saw him battling a giant. You would be worthy to sit at his side. I would see you there as well, Gadevere. You are just as much to have credit for this. I would not have succeeded as I did if it not for your insight, and I would not have been able to keep my arm if it not for your wisdom and healing. I am sure your rage can fuel you in battle. Just learning to channel it. With that, Lancelot, now clad in dragon-hide armor, and Bedivere, set forth to Camelot to meet Arthur and to see what other threats they could keep the people of this land safe from. All right, guys. Well, gosh, that story about Lancelot was super cool. I mean, that like when you think about epic manly stories, that's kind of the essence of like what an epic manly story is all about. What what were y'all's favorite parts of the story about Lancelot? Oh, cool. I really like the part where he killed a dragon. Yeah, right. That's so awesome. <laughs> it was really fun to just kind of listen to and imagine him like being in this cave with the dragon and the sword and all that. It was, it was great. What about you, Colton? Yeah, my favorite part was probably when um he killed the dragon as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to top. So yeah, best epic part of the story. Um, but what did y'all think about like, so there were some other really good characters in the story too. What did you think about uh, Vivian, the Lady of the Lake, or about Bedivere, the blacksmith? Um, I just think it's cool that it 
lady that a like giant monster lake lady is a dude's mom is the dude's mom yeah right super cool yeah there was kind of something neat about that of just seeing like she's kind of this like monstrous you know weird witch figure but was also his mom and raised him to be chivalrous and respectful and courageous and all these other things too so there was something kind of neat about that eli what about you what did you think about bedivere the blacksmith Oh, he was really cool. When he made that suit of armor out of the dragon's hide, I was kind of like, can I get one of those? Yeah, right. That's awesome. That, that sounds like a pretty good skill to have. So they're or like a Christmas gift. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll take one. Um, okay. So when we talk about learning about be, how to be a man uh, here on the Manly Tales podcast, we talk about it in terms of our five marks of manhood, which are strength, courage, skill, honor, and allegiance. So when y'all heard that story today, what were some of the ways that you heard our five marks of manhood in that story about Lancelot? Well, I mean, I definitely heard skill, just like Bedivere being able to make that awesome dragon hide into this really cool, like, suit of armor. I just thought that that was like, I mean, that's not easy. Like, yeah, no one can just do that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, like, along the same lines of skill, like, he clearly had developed some ability uh, in healing, you know, had some healing skill to be able to make some medicine that helped Lancelot be able to save his arm from the dragon burn there at the end. So, yeah, that was really cool. Colton, what about you? What kind of, what marks of manhood did you hear in the story today? Um, strength and courage, because, I mean, it takes a lot of strength to slay a freaking dragon. Yeah, absolutely. And courage, like, if I saw a dragon, I would probably just be like, heck nah, and run away. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, and, you know, even the story kind of talked about, like, he he knew that his armor was going to make too much noise, and so he had to take off his plate mail armor before he went into the cave, and so he was essentially going to face a dragon without any armor on, you know, like, that took a lot of courage, but then, you know, here in two, like, he had to, he struck the dragon once with his sword, and that didn't kill it, so he had to go back a second time, and just the strength that it would take to kind of pierce through the dragon's hide, he clearly had developed himself, both in terms of strength and courage, to be able to actually do that. So yeah, those were great examples. Um, what about too, like, I thought one of the things that was really interesting was, you know, when Lancelot was first given the challenge to go and fight the dragon, um, did he just kind of go out and like charge into it and say, okay, I'm going to go do this and went and tackled it head on, you know, by himself? No, not at all. Okay. Well, so what did he do? Well, um, to start, he asked Bedivere for help with like all of his, um, just kind of ideas of how to get to the cave, how to, like, spot the dragon, the fact that, like, its senses were really high, so he needed to take off his armor. Like, all of that was Bedivere's help. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, you know, I think sometimes as men, it can be really tempting for us um, because we want to feel, like, competent about ourselves and, like, that we can do it all by ourselves, that we, we want to try to tackle the challenges in our life on our own. And yet at the same time, I don't think that we're really designed and built to do that. I think we actually are meant to uh, have others in our life that can help us and that can make us stronger and better because of the things that they have to offer and that they can bring to the table as well, which is exactly what Lancelot did. He didn't start off by just, you know, charging into the dragon's cave. He went first to the town and asked for advice and information and wisdom and input and sought the skill of others and all of those things, he wouldn't have been able to defeat the dragon had it not been for the help of others. So, Or even find him. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. 
Okay, so um, how then do you guys think, like, what's what are some ways that you could be like Lancelot in your own life today? I'm just, like, asking help forever because I'm, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to do this to prove to other people that I'm good to I kind of just need to prove to myself that I'm uh, good, yeah. but I need to, that, but I need to know that, hey, if I ask other people, that means I'm still good and still strong. I just proving that I was wrong and just need help. Yeah, that's right. That's excellent. Eli, what about you, man? Oh, well, um, asking people for help is definitely a big one. I tend to struggle with just tackling things on my own. And maybe, like, if I could share some information with people where, like, in areas that I'm struggling, I think that would be a lot better in a way that I could be like Lancelot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think as men, it can be hard for us to let other people know that we need help. But that is one of the ways that we actually become better at being men is by bringing other people around us. So that's great. So that leads us then to kind of we wrap up uh, each episode of Manly Tales by leaving you guys with a question for the dads and a question for the sons so that you can keep the conversation going with each other. So that's kind of what our questions today are all about. Our question for the dads is, who are the men you trust to help? Help you face the challenges in your life. And our question for the sons is what's one area in your life where you can ask for help? Okay, that's it for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Manly Tales and we look forward to talking to you next time. We'll see you later. Bye bye. See you guys next time. Manly Tales stories are adapted and performed by Josh Burns. For more information about the show, visit manlytales.com. Hey dads, don't forget to download your dad-son challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. Just go to manhoodtribes.com slash challenge.